Thank you for taking the time to listen to Sunday sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church. Before we begin, here's a special message from Papa Herman, an elder at Southside. May the Lord bless and keep you, that he would cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. These spiritual snakes may not hinder only our relationship with the Lord, but our relationship with everyone else we have in our lives. And you know, we have, we have weapons to fight. First one, prayer. With prayer, you can fight and you can do it fiercely and fearlessly. Because when you're sitting in your closet, there ain't none but you and the Lord. And you, you don't have to hide anything when it goes there. At Southside Christian Fellowship Church, we believe, as many of you do, that our children are the future. So, every fifth Sunday is Youth-Led Sunday. From the worship to the offering to everything in between, including the preaching, you'll see our youth involved. Today's message is in fact brought by 16-year-old David Christian, a member of Southside's youth group. His message today is on crushing snakes. In it, he outlines what spiritual snakes look like and how we can deal with them whenever they appear. Psalms 91 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord who is refuge, even in the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. You know, there's a plague... On America right now and you said that none of our congregation has got it currently you said that I think that's I think that's kind of ironic for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways in their hands they shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone you shall tread upon the lion and the cobra a young the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot because he has set his love upon me Therefore, I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Okay. That song, it means a lot to me because that song came out in 2018. And in 2018, I was a young buck, man. And so... I had, to, I had to ride the bus, right? And so when I rode the bus, I go to Stockbridge. So it's not the best area, and that's all I'm going to say about it. And so when you ride the bus, there's just, there's, you, know, you can ask mom, it's just eerie. You can tell there's things around you, and you can just, there's different smells that I'm not going to get into. And it's just, you just need that covering. So every morning, 
before I listened to anything else, it was probably Johnny Cash, what I would listen to after, I would listen to this song, and I would pray. And I would say, Lord, protect me, and Lord, let me trample snakes today. And I would go to welding class, and I would see pretty much what I do not want to be in life. I mean, there was that song, I'm not even going to get into that, man. But anyways, so crushing snakes in our life. Well, you know, there's not just one type of snake. There's not one type of snake on this earth. They're all satanic to me, but they're not all one type. You have rattlesnakes, you've got cotton mouse, you've got water moccasins. You know, I was fishing. This is a funny story. I was fishing, and my dad called me right before I got there, and he said, um, son, watch out for snakes. It's getting hot. They're starting to come out. And I said, okay, whatever, dad. And I got there, and I, I mean, I was ripping some lips, man. I was like, ooh, that was so nice, man. And I'm walking back to the dock, and um, I look to my left, and there's something moving on the ground. And I, and I hear it, and I look, and there's a water moccasin about two foot from my foot. Okay. See, I didn't have any guns on me, because I'm usually the one that says the only good snake is a dead one. So I, I'm just sitting here, like, deadlifted. I'm like, at that point, you know, it, this was during the, the, the lockdown, and I, have, I hadn't prayed in tongues in a while. I'm just going, you know, I'm just going to calm myself out. I started speaking in tongues, y'all. I started praying harder than I had in a while. And I'm not even going to lie to you. I did, man. And the snake looked at me and he coiled up like this, like he was ready to strike. And I just started praying. I just started praying. I mean, it started rolling off my tongue. And it was, it was pretty scary. It was terrifying. But I looked down and I said... Lord, I said, you give us dominion over the animals. I said, so snake, leave me in the name of Jesus. That snake looked at me, and he ran back into the water. And I said, Lord, I got a fishing pole in my hand, and I ain't about to smack that thing with a fishing pole. So, Lord, I thank God you did something there. But anyways, there's two types of snakes that I'm going to personally talk about. They're, number one, spiritual snakes. These are the ones that you can't really see, but that we deal with every day. Things such as lust, um, obesity, complacency, you know. And these things hinder our walk in the Lord. They hinder us every day. You know, sometimes we're not feeling it that day, and sometimes we just have to like, we're just, nah, man, I'll deal with it later. But yet it's still there the next day. And it's still there, and it's still there until we take hold of it. So yeah, th those are spiritual snakes. Things such as addiction, sickness. And the Bible calls sickness demonic oppression. Now, I think that's quite ironic because, like I said, the coronavirus is nothing but demonic oppression. And we have dominion over that. And we have authority over that. And so that's why, I mean, when, this whole, when all of this stuff started... My mom was like, don't get too close to people. I'm like, Mama, I ain't scared of no stupid virus. I said, what? I, I said, I am a young buck in the Lord. I said, ain't no virus going to touch me. I said, I ain't worried about it. And then the first Sunday we were back, you know, Carl was like kind of keeping his, you know, because he didn't know. We didn't, no one knew who was going to hug or not. And mom was like, David, ask people before you hug them. I said, okay. I went to Carl. Said, hey, bro. 
It's been a while, and we just hugged. I kid you not. Like, there wasn't even no, like, fist bump. We just straight up bear hugged. And I said, you know, to me, my friends is what keeps me going. Like, on Wednesdays, when we have youth, I look forward to going outside, spending time with my, my friends. So I, I hang out with a lot. of they're, they're pretty much the only people I really text and hang out, and a couple people from 4-H. And so really, that... The, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps, that's what, when I wake up, I'm like, what are my friends doing? What are they doing? Like, you know, and I text them and I ask them what they're doing. It may be 12, you know, PM when I text them, but it's okay because they're probably up anyways. So that's what keeps me going in life. And you know, these spiritual snakes may not hinder only our relationship with the Lord, but our relationship with everyone else we have in our lives. When something, when you're addicted to something, it takes over you. And it basically called the shots, basically. And so, for example, me and my dad have a great relationship, I think. We watch NASCAR together, love NASCAR. He don't really like it too much because they slowed him down. That's, that stinks, but you know, it's whatever. But anyways, for example, if I were to, I don't know, become, I don't know, I, for an example... If I were to get a girlfriend, oh, this is going to be good, David, nice. Anyways, if I were to get a girlfriend, and my dad and I usually watch NASCAR together, like every Sunday, whenever it's on, if he doesn't have to work, if I were to get a girlfriend and I go over to her house to watch NASCAR and chill instead of Netflix and chill, if I do that, then it's going to kind of hinder my relationship with my father because I'm not spending as much time with him. Does that make sense? And so, and I could be, and the relationship with that girl may not be the healthiest. And so, when I'm, in fact, not looking for a wife, but I'm looking for a lover. And, it, and that's called lust. And when you get addicted to lust and you get hung up by lust, it will hinder your relationships. You know, if you're addicted to pornography, you won't spend as much time with your family. Because it just engulfs you your life. It just engulfs you what you do every day. So those are spiritual snakes, those such as sickness, addiction, and any other things that could hinder our walk with the Lord and hinder our, you know, everyday lives with everyone else. The second one that I want to talk about is kind of a sensitive one to me. Those are physical snakes. Kind of talked about those already, but the ones you can physically see, such as water moccasins, copperheads, rattlesnakes, Kyle Bush. If anyone knows who Kyle Bush is then you know why I hate him so much. Okay, I'm not going to go there. Actually, I am going to go there. So I'm watching an NASCAR race with my mom and my sister. Okay, we're huge Chase Elliott fans. Okay, and so, I mean, Chase is coming around the corner, man. Kyle Busch is on the inside. He's drafting from Denny Hamlin. I sound like such a redneck right here. But it's true. And he's, he's coming around the corner. Kyle Busch has got probably from here to the Dern end of the stage, okay, he's sitting here, Chase is coming around, Chase has got a car, man, and it, and he comes around, and Kyle Busch darts inside, spins Chase out, and slams him into a wall, I threw my hat so hard, I don't think I've ever been that frustrated while watching TV, and then, the next day, or the next race, I'm getting on a rabbit trail, but that's okay, next race, 
Chase is in first place. His tires ain't the best. It's all good. We got two, two laps left. Calls a caution. We go in. And uh, Chase's crew chief calls the boy in when he's in first place. Got enough fuel and tires to finish the race. I look at my father. And I said, what just happened? And he said, that is the most stupid thing I've ever seen anyone do. I throw my hat again, obviously. And so... I'm sitting here like, God, is this kid ever going to flip and win this year? And I'm just at a doubt. I'm at a loss at this point. I'm so frustrated. I don't know what to do. I stayed frustrated for a good month. I mean, not a month, but a day. And so it felt like a month. And so Charlotte, Wednesday. Was it Wednesday? Thursday. It was Thursday. Charlotte on Thursday. Chase ran an amazing race, had a good car. Plenty of tires, plenty of fuel. He stayed out for the last, I think, what, 40 laps of the race. He went on and he chased down Kevin Harvick and won that race. I said, Lord, was this a test? Because I I hate somebody now for this. I I do. I don't like this guy. I don't like Kyle Busch. The Lord was like, patience. And I'm like, are you kidding me right now? I just went, I'm telling y'all, I was the most frustrated I've ever been. And it was over a race. And when, when they called him in, me and my dad are sitting here arguing over why he called him in. And mom's like, y'all, it's just a race. Me and my dad went, Wanda, you know how this goes. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like oh, shoot, <laughs> I better shut up on that one. But uh, so, yeah, that's another snake, uh, Kyle Bush. Anyways, physical snakes, y'all know that I'm going to get into the spiritual side of things. When it comes to demons and when it comes to Satan, you know, they have... I know a lot of people that have literally seen a demon before. And when they come over, as Dad explained this to me, he crossed over to the physical world. Okay, I don't know about y'all, but if a demon came up and stood right in front of me or at the foot of my bed, I'd I'd pee myself, quite literally. I'd have to change my sheets out. You know what I'm saying? But... I, I know someone told me about this about Kenneth Hagin. I think it was Kenneth Hagin. He was laying down. He was tired. He just preached a sermon. And um, he felt like someone was watching him. So he rolls over, and there's Satan himself standing in his bed. I looked at this person. I said, what would you do if Satan came and stood at the foot of your, at the like, side of your bed? He said, I don't know, man. I said, I've never been in that situation. I said, yeah, me neither, bud. So... I'm sitting here listening to this. And I'm like, what is this guy about to do? Is he just about to like, you know, go haywire on him or something? He turns over and says, Satan, I've had a long day. Leave my room right now in Jesus' name. Roll back over and went to sleep. Yeah, amen. Yeah, oh, yeah. You t- No, man, I don't know about that. I'd have to, I'd think about a couple things. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, you think about that. Satan just comes and stands right here. You've heard about this dude all your life. You've, you, you know, you've dealt with all his crap all your life, and he stands in front of you. You know, I say all the time, shotguns work great, but I don't know if a shotgun will work in that situation because I think it would just blow my wall out, go straight through him, and then I'd have to tell my mom and dad what happened. Yeah, Satan came and stood right in front of me. You think they're going to believe me? Satan came and stood right in front of me, so I shot him. You know how much of an idiot I would look like? But it would still be pretty lit, though. I'm not going to lie. So, so, so yeah, spiritual snakes are the ones that we 
deal with spiritually, mentally, problems that we deal with every day, such as sickness, addiction, things that we can't really see in the natural realm. Things that hinder our walk from the Lord, relationship, and just hinder us from what we could be in, in general. Physical snakes are the ones that we see. And you know, sometimes, like I was saying, demons can turn into physical snakes. Demons can possess something. They can literally, you know, stuff like that. And that's when it becomes physical. That's when you can see it. And that's when you start praying hard. But, and then there's Kyle Bush. And then there's things such as, you know, water moccasins, stuff like that. And, you know, they can hinder your walk. They can hinder what you do every day. They can hinder your relationship with the Lord because Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. I'm sorry for people that want to sit here and do nothing all day. But I'm sorry to tell you, but it ain't that, how that ain't, that's not how that works. You know, you can use Christianity as a get-out-of-jail-free card or get-out-of-hail-free card, but it's not going to do you good in the long run because you're going to get up to heaven and say, Son, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And that's when it gets real. That's when you have to tell God, Well, I just, you know, wanted to get to heaven or whatever. Well, you got here, but you could have been so much more. And that's what the Lord's going to tell you. You could have been so much more. You could have been so much more for the kingdom. And that's what I think about personally. You know, what can I do for the kingdom today? I just went down to Vida Nueva and spoke actually. And so I spoke into their lives. And I thought that was a big privilege because you don't usually get, you, you don't just get to speak into men's lives like that every day. You don't get to do that. You can minister to someone on the street or in Walmart, but you can't speak to a congregation of, of young men that need that right now. You can't do that a lot. And so when I went over there, I was all excited. And a lot of people got delivered. A lot of people were set free. And it was great. And these guys were dealing with spiritual snakes. And they just couldn't get rid of them. But they got rid of them on that weekend. And, that's, and, and that, was, that was good enough for me. To see, that, to see that change was amazing to me. Now, since you know what they can do to you, they can hinder you, they can... They can literally show themselves in front of you. They can spin you out on a track. They can, they, can, they can really hinder your walk with the Lord. Okay, so now that you know what they can do, let me tell you what you can do. Okay. You have weapons gifted to you as soon as you are, before you're in the womb. The Lord tells, Lord tells His children, um, well, you heard that, um, I have to go back and read it exactly. But he basically said nothing is going to hurt you. And, you know, we have, we have weapons to fight. And I have three weapons that I want to talk about. First one, prayer. With prayer, you can fight and you can do it fiercely and fearlessly. Because when you're sitting in your closet, there ain't none but you and the Lord. And you, you don't have to hide anything when it goes there. You can say what you want to say. That's personally the one I like. You can say what you want to say. You do what you want. You, you know what I'm saying? You can pray to the Lord without anyone hearing you. And that's prayer. And prayer is between you and the Lord, my bad. Nothing else. Second one, worship. Worship is the one that Rand does better than I do. I can't sing. I sound like something dying when I sing. And so Rand does that one better than I do. You have worship, 
And that's one that you just get pumping. You just get you know, moving, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, this is going to sound bad. But if you ever go to an African-American church, you will get worship. And you, people be going crazy. I mean, old women start dancing. And, you know, I love going to African-American churches personally. You know why? Because it's just lit. Like, there's nothing else. Like, you know, someone asked one time, hey, bro, you want to go to a party? No, nah, man, I'll just go to an African-American church. And they thought I was kidding, but I'm dead serious, man. And so that's worship. Worship, some others do it better than, you know, same for prayer. Some people pray better and are more comfortable with it than other people. But just because you're not good at it, please don't do it. I mean, please, like, not do it. Because when you pray, things start moving. When you worship, things start moving. And just like that song, when I move my body, when I move my feet, the darkness flees. I had to think about that. So the third one, this is, you know, this one goes along with prayer a little bit. But this is one of my favorite ones. The third weapon you have against the enemy is called brothers. Okay, do y'all know what brothers are? It's that boy Carl right there. It's that boy Gabriel. It's that boy Elijah. It's that boy Josh. It's that boy Levi. You know, they will not only help you in the, the fights that you go through every day spiritually, but they also help you have a pretty darn good time. You know what I'm saying? We have a lit time every time we get together. I have a couple stories, actually. So, one time Carl was over. We just watched the motocross race. It was pretty good. This was at, like, I don't know, 2 a.m. And I said, Carl, watch this. That's never good. If I ever say that, something's about to go down. But I took, I took a yogurt. We had yogurt. And I took yogurt. And we were pretty bored. And I said, Carl, think fast. And I chucked it, splattered all over a darn wall. Y'all, when I say I've never laughed harder in my life, he's dying right now. I've never laughed harder in my life. The stain is still there on our drywall. You know, in that moment, I regretted everything that I just did in the past 30 seconds because I'm like, I got to explain this to my parents. I got to clean it. And I got to try not to wake them up. That didn't succeed, but we tried the best that we could. Carl's literally over there having a seizure, laughing so hard. And I'm sitting here trying to scrub it up. And he's, I'm like, you know, you're no help, dude. You're no help at all. And then another story. Me and Gabriel were over at Carl's house. This was about a year ago. We just went to a church. And it was, it was, good, it was good. The service was good. We went to IHOP. We came back home. Gabriel has a video of this if you want to see it. And uh, we, we've been doing like try not to laugh challenges with water in our mouths. Please don't do that if you have like carpet or anything because it's not good. It doesn't work out good. So, I mean, we're, we're already like, we're laughing hard. Like we're spitting out water everywhere. We cleaned it up. Miss Hanya, I swear we cleaned it up. And um, it was Carl's idea, by the way. But anyways, so... We're sitting there, and I, I'm like, all right, y'all, let's go, let's go up to bed. So we go up, and we're, I mean, we're all like, like, we're just like dead at that point. We've been drinking a lot of Fanta, and we're just like, like, ugh. And so we go to go up the stairs. Carl turns the lights off. Okay, I don't know how steep Carl's, you know, stairs are. So when I go to walk up the stairs, my foot clips one. Your boy David just fell like a bowling ball, Okay. <laughs> 
I mean, it was dum 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 like that's exactly what it sounded like. Phil Collins in the air tonight. Dum 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 dum. That's what it sounded like, man. And Miss Sonia, did you did it wake you up? I have no idea if you would have slept through that, how you would have. And Carl's like, <laughs> try not to die. And then Gabriel's over here, <laughs> Gabriel's over here breathing for air. And this, that was bad, but that was hilarious. We've had a lot of different times. And you know, when brothers aren't there, you always have the Lord. And I don't know if you'll be able to throw yogurt at a wall with the Lord, but you will be able to get spiritual guidance. He'll lift you up and he will... He, he'll place you under his wings. That's always you got to remember. I have many other stories. Some I can't tell on the stage, but some are just, you know, I'm saying. But anyways, and I have, I have another thing that I saved just for the end for the youth. You know, the biggest snake that we deal with, one of them, is peer pressure. Peer pressure is worse than it's probably ever been. I mean, you know, Dad used to tell me all the time how well, he still does. I mean, it's constant. You know, he's like, y'all watch out. You know, you know, he, it's just a bunch of stuff. He tells us a bunch of stuff about high school years and what he's seen and what he's got tempted to do, but he never did it. And so, um, I was going to say something there, but I'm not going to. But so, anyways, for peer pressure, I had a guy at welding. He tells, um, he invites me to a party. And I said, nah, man, I'm good. And I said, you know, bro, and just my father came out of me as soon as I said this. And it just, I don't know. And so I said, you can have fun without drinking, which you can. Me, Carl, Gabriel, and Sam do it all the time. But, and he told me, he looked at me, he said, you know, David, you can run without running shoes, but it sure does help, doesn't it? You know, I laughed. I can't, I'm not going to lie to you. I did laugh. But I was like, Blake, I said, you can, but what happens when that's not enough? What happens when alcohol gets boring? You've already had enough buzzes. You've already, I mean, good Lord, you're drunker than a cooter bear and you're sitting here. Yeah, you're having fun, all right, throwing up. And I said, I didn't understand that really. It was funny at the time. But at the same time, I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, it's not worth it, man. And I told him that. I said, it's not worth it, dude. And I said, now if you ever want to get out of drinking alcohol, you're going to have to deal with that. And you're going to have to fight it hard. And I said, and you're probably, it, it's going to be a hard fight. And you might have to, you're probably going to have to turn to the Lord for it. And he said, Lord, why do I need church? I said, that's all I'm going to say, bro. I said, I'll be praying for you. And peer pressure is something that we all will have to deal with. I mean, I've gotten off for dip, vape, and I've never done it. It's been hard. And now sometimes it's been hard to fight. But, you know, with dip, especially dip, when, I'm, when, when I get offered it, and it's going through my mind, it's racing. And I'm like, okay, if a girl walks in this room, like a hot girl walks in this room right now, and she sees my lip packed full of Copenhagen, She's going to be like, I know dang well that boy, I ain't kissing him. I ain't doing nothing. I ain't even looking at him. Okay? That's what keeps me away from it personally. So it's just like, if you want to think like that, it works, man. And so when it comes to peer pressure, just think about that. Just think about, you know, what the effects of it could be. And I know it's easier said than done. Trust me, I know. 
I mean, I, I was driving, and right before I got my license, man, I'm a brag. I'm, I'm, a, I'm not gonna brag on myself, but I'm, a, I'm gonna call myself out. I was driving. I went to Rara's, pick up some painters tape. I dropped it off. No big deal. Well, when you go from Rara's house to mine, it's a straight shot, and it's literally not even a mile away. And so I was thinking, you know, I'm about to get my license. I said I should just cruise around the block for a second. And then it started, it was really enticing, man. I was like, yo, I got my radio playing, dude. Oh, yeah, I have a subwoofer in my truck, so it sounds ten times better, man. And so I'm riding, thinking about doing this. And I'm really thinking, about, I'm having to fight this, man. I'm having to fight it hard. I'm gripping the steering wheel hard. I'm like, mm, I want to do it so bad. But last minute, slammed on the brakes. I said, no, I, said, I can't do that. I said, I'll get my license soon enough. And, and I went home. I told my mom and dad about it. Rand said, you went down the road, didn't you? I'm like, no, Rand, I didn't. And she said, trust me. She said, I would have done that, man. I was like, Rand, shut up. But anyways, so yeah. And what you always have to remember, especially when it comes to peer pressure and when it comes to just youth in general. Like, I want to go to Panama City Beach with a couple friends when I turn 18. That's going to be a lit time, bro. I'm going to have, like, a beach bod by then, dude. We're going to go. We're just going to have a good time. So, and I, <laughs> and I wore my beach fit today, actually. You know, I got the Crocs with the socks. Got a flannel, I mean, a floral shirt. Got some khaki shorts, man. I'd have my NASCAR lanyard out, but my father told me to put it in. So I did. I was obedient. But anyways, that's what I'd do. And I'd have me a Chase Elliott hat on, man. I'd be cruising the strip, man. You know, just walking like Conor McGregor. What's up, girl? You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's the plan, hopefully. But anyways, especially when it comes to things such as that, trips, hanging out with friends. A wise man once said, named Rodney Christian, you can carry on but don't get carried away. That is the smartest but simplest thing I've ever heard in my life. You know, when he first said it, I'm like, that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I said, how can you carry on without getting carried away? And then I started thinking about it. I'm like, oh. And then it started coming to me. started understanding it a little bit more. And so when it comes to peer pressure, that's what you got to remember. You can carry on with your friends. You can throw yogurt at a wall. Don't do it often. But you can throw yogurt at a wall. But don't get carried away. Don't get carried away with, you know, sipping sweet tea. And you see some Jack Daniels. I'm not going to touch that, by the way. And you see Jack Daniels. And you're like, man, that would be good with some sweet tea. Got to think about it. Don't get carried away. Because if you take that one sip, it's probably going to lead to another, then another, then another, then another. Until finally you're going to have to deal with alcoholism. And you've, you've got it now. And that's when the Lord comes in. That's when you're going to have to literally grit down, fight, fight the need, fight the want, and, and pray against it hard. And that's when the friends come in too. Hopefully they're not the ones that offered the Jack Daniels to you. But, you know, I, I tend to keep good company. So y'all should try that too. But anyways, um, what? But anyways, so when it comes to stuff like that, Carry on, but do not get carried away. And um, I want to read this scripture. I, talk, I talked about spiritual snakes, physical snakes, and what we can do to fight them. And um, 
Especially when it comes to prayer, y'all. And a wise man once told me one time, this was not my father, actually. And he told me, he said, when you're starting and when you really want to get deep into your prayer life, he said, start small. I said, what do you mean? I said, don't you need, you know, pray more? He said, no. He said, do you, as soon as you start shooting archery, do you just straight up go for X's? Yes, but no. You try to get, okay, I want to get a red. I don't want to get a yellow. You start small. Well, in this case, you start big, and then you go down. And you try to hit that X, which I can, trust me. But anyways, um, so when it comes to your prayer life, start small. Start praying. Like, if you want to start that, start five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Something that you're just not going to get so frustrated with. And you know what I'm saying? Like, just sitting there like, oh, my God, when is this going to be over? Start small. Start five minutes. Simple prayers. And eventually, it'll build your spirit up. And then you can go on to the 20-minute, 25-minute, 30-minute prayers. And that's worked for me. You know, I'm not no personally the kind of guy that can just sit there for like an hour and pray. Perry Stone told us one time, he said, y'all need to learn how to pray for more than 20 minutes. I looked at him funny. I'm like, whew, man, that's going to be one tough one for me. Because I'm just not the type of guy that wants to sit still. You know what I'm saying? And a lot of people are like that. So that's what I'm saying. Start small. With five minutes, I'm giving you all advice right now, but just with five-minute prayers, and then, like I said, it'll eventually build up, and you'll eventually get the want to do more and more and more, and then that's when the want for the Lord comes in. And so um, that, that's, what you, that's what you need to do with prayer. And when it comes to prayer, men, remember this especially, a man is only as good as his prayer life. Personally, you know... I agreed with that, but I'm like, when it comes to, you know, it was a hard time for me to think about that and be like, yeah, that's true. But I started thinking about it. You know, I've killed five deer in my life. No brag, you know, pretty cool, but I've killed five deer in my life. And I'm like, oh, cool, I'm a man now. It's not really true. Because when I heard that, that just shut that boat down real fast, sunken man. And I was just sitting there like, wow. I said, it's, it's true. Because just think about that. A man is only as good as his prayer life. If your prayer life is small and it's not very big and you don't really pray, I'm not calling y'all small men. Please do not take that the wrong way. But what I am saying is a man, a man is usually a man of the household. And also when you pray, you're praying for, as, like, for your household constantly. You're not only praying for you anymore. You're praying for your family. You're praying for everyone that you, you know what I'm saying? And so that's what, just remember that. Carry on, don't get carried away. And a man is only good as his prayer life. So to wrap up with um, what we can do. Like I said, pray, worship, get with your brothers, do some crazy stuff. And, um, but remember to, you know, pray for each other, keep each other lifted up. And I'm going to read Mark 16, 14 through 18. So later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. And he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. 
And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And they will drink anything. And it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick. And they will recover. Okay. That verse, I waited to read it because that verse is pretty much what I'm telling you. The Lord has given us the power. That's in red, by the way. The Lord has given us the power. And He told us too. He said, He who believes will do greater than I. And, and you know, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you I know exactly where that is in the Bible. But it's there. And that's something that's always encouraged me. It's like, wow. I said, I can do what Jesus did and greater. That's what he said, I'm pretty sure. Those who believe. And, you know, I've seen, I'm not bragging, I've seen people's legs move out and, you know, get healed and straighten up. I've seen that before. And it, all it does is build your faith. And when your faith's built, your spirit's built, and you just feel like a better person. Trust me, I know when you're just sitting there and like, you're like, man, I need to go read my Bible or something, but I don't really want to do it. Or I just need to, I need to listen to some uplifting music to lift me up. And you don't really want to do it. You don't want to get up and say, oh, I'll do it later. Trust me, do it. Because it's going to make you, it's going to build you up. It's going to, it's, it's just going to make you feel better overall. And, and when your spirit's built up, like I said, you can see it and you can tell. So yeah, crushing snakes. Um, remember, y'all can do it. All y'all have the power to do it. If one literally shows his face in front of you, all I got to say, the advice, pray hard and believe. But y'all just need to remember what Jesus did. Y'all can do that and more every day. I mean, you should try to do it every day. When you go to, some, when you go to Walmart or something and you see someone sick, thank you, Brian, whoever that was. Behold, I have given you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall in any wise hurt you. Crushing snakes, like I said, y'all remember? Y'all can do what Jesus did and greater. Y'all have the authority to do it. All you have to do is believe. Um, go to your friends for, uh, for, for advice, for just, just to make you laugh. Pray, worship. On a daily, try to do it on a daily basis because I'm telling you, you're, you're going to do... The only thing you're going to do is benefit from it. Trust me. You've been listening to Sunday Sermons from Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. We invite you to join us this Sunday and every Sunday. For service times, location, and other information about the church, please visit our website at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. As we wrap up today's message, we would like to once again thank you for listening. We would like to also have Papa Herman, an elder at Southside, to speak a Father's blessing over you. May the Lord bless and keep you, that He would cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you, that the Lord would lift up the light of His countenance upon you and give you His peace. And remember that the Lord's favor is with you all the time. Expect it. It is with you. It's manifesting itself to you. It will overtake you no matter where you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.